0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Comedy solo Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99, the Comedy Channel. I'm very nervous today, <laughs> I have to say, because um, I'm not used to having big shots, like, you know, big intellectual shots. Anyway, uh, speaking... Thank
1: you. That's
0: <laughs> <true>. <laughs> to my right is always uh, Dan Natterman. Did I say my name? My name is Noam Dwarman. I'm the owner of the Comedy Cellar. To so my right, Dan Natterman. No need to be nervous, Noam. Just take deep breaths. Okay. You were very good, by the way, on
2: the... Recent working podcast at Slate.com, uh, I believe. Uh, you were uh, you were on their podcast, yeah. called <clears throat> Working, where you discussed what it was like. It was all right. I thought it was quite interesting. Of course, I'm in I'm I'm in that business, but uh, hmm. I I think it was engaging. I don't know if
0: Neil if Neil uh, I'm sorry I don't so want we didn't to introduce of, him yet. Okay. don't give it away. Uh, uh, our comedian, Alingan Mitra. Aline Armitra is a stand-up comedian who made his television debut, NBC, Last Comic Standing, since performed a Late Show with Stephen Colbert and numerous others. He has written for The Daily Show with Trevor Noah and both, and won both the Boston Comedy Festival and the Funniest Comic in New England contest. Hello. Have you done our show before? I think so, yeah. You, you did it one time, yes, right?
3: Yes, I did it once before. And he's one of clearly the... a very memorable episode. <laughs> <laughs> where, where was the Funniest Comic in New England contest? That was in um, the Mohegan Sun Casino. Connecticut and back in the day finally
0: our guest of honor miss now how do I'm pronouncing your name correctly Neil No, Neil Kachal. perfect Neil kachal uh, is a former acting solicitor general of the u s and has argued more this is amazing has argued more Supreme Court cases in UN history u s history than any other minority attorney you're, you're Indian correct? correct um recently breaking Thurgood Marshall's record that must be I mean so you're saying there were there were no
2: lefties that have argued <laughs> What more cases than you have.
4: There are more, no more people that are minorities. Well, no, I'm in saying the, if you think all minorities are lefties, no, no I'm saying lefty
2: being a minority.
4: Danny, what, what are you doing, Danny? I'm
2: saying lefties are a minority. I'm just, I'm saying the left handed oh, people left-handed are a minority. people. Is that or what you mi- really meant? Yes, uh, lefties are a minority. Oh. I, I resent that they, they lump you in as a minority. You're an attorney and a great one. Thank you. And I don't want. I and 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 that should be the focus.
0: All right. Uh, he just argued the census case against Trump. Is it against Trump or against the, the, is it against the government? What is it? What, it's,
4: it? it's against the Trump administration and Trump. formally against Wilbur Ross. I didn't actually argue it. I was Pelosi's lawyer, but, uh, but other folks argued it.
0: And Kachal wrote the special counsel regulations that Mueller was appointed under during his stint at the Department of Justice in 1999 when he was 29 years old. Welcome to the show.
4: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you.
0: And I've, I've been following you a lot, and I have to say that I think you're one of the smartest uh, guys. On Minorities. This- one of the smartest guys on this that I've that I've seen from you know, in my opinion. I appreciate that. Before we get into it, we want to talk about the Mueller thing and then Dan wants to talk about other stuff, I'm sure. What I couldn't find from you, and it it, it was I, I kinda wanted to know it is where you came down on the Clinton impeachment. Did you favor his impeachment? So
4: I was in the Clinton administration during it, and in fact my very first day was January 15th. Uh, uh, 1998, and I was supposed to have lunch with my boss, Eric Holder, who was the Deputy Attorney General, and he canceled on me, and, uh, and I only learned two weeks later, because I didn't see him for two weeks, what was going on, which is that was the day that he had authorized the wiretap of Linda Tripp. Um, so I was deeply, deeply upset about Clinton's conduct. Um, I always have been, um,
0: and it was very, frankly, very hard to stay in the administration afterwards. So that's That so, if you had to vote, I don't want to pin you down. If you don't want to be pinned down, but it sounds like if you had to vote, you might have been persuadable that he should be impeached. He should have been removed from office. Yeah, I mean, I have a very high
4: standard for presidents, and uh, you know, for all sorts of reasons that go back to the founders and what our presidency is all about. The whole reason that we have Madison and Hamilton gave such a strong, vibrant ex- executive is because we demand a lot from them, and. You know, it's not enough for me to think that, uh, oh, someone wasn't a politician, therefore they're better qualified or they're a good businessman or whatever. You know, whether those things are true or not, forget about it. That's just not enough. I want someone who is, you know, number one job is to, as the Constitution says, take care that the laws be
0: faithfully executed. And and do you you agree with this? Not to get bogged on Clinton, but just one of the things. Do you agree with this that they cast it as him lying about sex with Monica Lewinsky? But another way to look at it, Especially as, as we've had insight into this kind of thing today, is that he was lying in order to to cover up the sexual assault of Paula Jones.
4: So I don't know if it was a sexual assault. I don't, you know, but, but, harassment, but harassment. Slash assault. But right. I, I think actually, even he More, he did, he did more, touch
0: her more damning
4: her. than that is that it was an ongoing legal proceeding, and he lied in the legal proceeding. And to so me, that's a very troubling thing. And indeed, I, as I recall. Bill Clinton was disciplined by the bar, and I think his license was suspended for a time. I can't remember the details, he lost his, but in Arkansas, yeah, huh? yeah, something like that. And, and you know, and I think that just underscores, you know, there's a harm whenever anyone lies in general, but there's a real harm when you lie to a court,
0: and an even greater harm if you happen to be the president of the United States. And then, and then there's a harm, or maybe I mean, you know, if you take it absolute, then you could not distinguish. I would distinguish between lying to cover up a. a a purely personal matter, which is, you know, which the laws of evidence might say was germane, but you really don't believe it, and or lying to get away with something that you're accused of.
4: Right. That's a great point. And so to me, the best defense, and it was one that actually my brother-in-law, Jeffrey Rosen, put out um, in the New Republic and the New York Times was, you know, this is a lie to cover up a deeply personal thing, And it should be treated differently than a lie to cover up, you know, an intelligence failure or a break-in or something like that.
0: So I I saw it as kind of like trying to get away with the Paula Jones thing, which is not so personal. They kind of like, they weren't seeing it that way All right, next question is, and this kind of sets the stage. The Constitution uh, calls for the death penalty for treason, correct? And what Trump is accused of is, from what I can tell, is not treason. The, The worst case of what Trump is accused of is not treason. How morally distinguishable is what Trump was accused of, it was being a foreign agent, doing the bidding of Putin as president of the United States, could be pulling out of NATO or whatever people thought he might be doing. How, How morally distinguishable is that from a crime which we were ready, which we give the death penalty to? Yeah. So,
4: look, I think this whole talk of treason is ridiculous on both sides. So the president accuses his enemies of treason all the time uh, on Twitter and other things. And treason requires an active war uh, by a foreign power. And, you know, and you aiding and abetting that active war. So that is obviously not what the Democrats are doing. And equally, it's obviously not what Donald Trump is
0: directly doing either. No. So I think this talk of treason I is... don't think you're getting my, my okay. question. What I'm saying is that I know it's not treason. What I'm saying is that... It's we punish treason by with the death penalty because you're a traitor to your country. And although we didn't lay it out that this fits that definition, it seems to me if they had known of these facts, the worst case that he's, a, he's installed by Putin and doing the, the bidding of a foreigner, that, that they was, certainly would have included that in the death penalty. Charge. What's the difference between that and you know only in a state of war? I mean, if you're going to, but but uh, you know, I I've never
4: understood the case against Trump. Yeah, my, I know that some people say that always oh, installed by Putin and yeah. so on. You know that just you know that's never been to me the, the the real gravamen of the charge against him. The charge against him is he obstructed justice. He tried to prevent an
0: investigation into that's his the charge wrongdoing. Now that wasn't the no. charge when this all started.
4: Well, when it all started, there was the the charge that. Uh, that Russia aided and abetted his election in 2016. Maybe not that he was installed as Putin's puppet, but that they did, and that he did nothing in response. And, you know, that to me is the, is, is the
0: better argument, not like, oh, he's the puppet of a foreign government or something like that. So, okay, well, let's, let's, take, let's take the funnest examples. You so let, let's take a scenario, and you guys can all can jump in on this. So I'm running for president against Trump next, time, next election, and I get a call from somebody who says that somebody in the Russian government has proof that Donald Trump laundered money or Donald Trump ordered a contract killing and they want to meet me, uh, they're going to give me irrefutable proof. Tell me why I shouldn't take that meeting. Because anyone with common sense
4: would never take that meeting. Here's what Trump's son did. He said, if it is what you say it is, I love it, and set up the meeting. But... You know, I think any person with common sense would say, talk when me, they got that call... Talk would me say, like my campaign manager. Yeah, say, no, so, you shouldn't do so, it because... No, I think you get that call and you would say, um, let me call you back, uh, Russians, and then you call the FBI. And why? Because that is the way... The Russian government is one of our, you know, serious enemies. And the idea that we would, like, take information from them is so anathema. And, you know, this isn't just about Russian government. It's about just general campaign ethics. Take, for example, what happened between Gore and uh, Bush back in 1999. Someone actually mailed the Gore campaign, Bush's break, debate break, prep, yeah. but that, and what did they do? They called the FBI, they didn't watch it, and they gave it back. That's the okay. way presidential is there, campaigns Is there like run. a
3: legal obligation to do so, or is that just common sense?
4: Well, it's certainly common sense, and then I think it can be legal because you're dealing with purloined but, sto- stolen goods let, let me push or back. intelligence information. Let me push back.
0: So first of all, the, the Gore thing, I'm very. it's very hard for me to, to attribute good motives to any politician about anything. So I think like if all of a sudden somebody gives you stolen property— you realize, oh shit, I got stolen property. There's a whole bunch of uh, risks that you take by using it, by not turning it over right away. You could you could get caught with it. It's probably criminal to have received it. So, you know, leaving the Gore example aside, and I, you tell me, "Noam, you can't do it. You have to go, and I say, I just want to take the meeting and see what they're talking about. Because if I take it to the FBI, this is gonna this is gonna disappear. And if he murdered somebody, we're all gonna be happy. No one's going to come to me afterwards and say, boy, we're really upset that you found out that the president was a murderer. We, w- we only wish you had had common sense and we would have never found this out. So I'm going to take the meeting. And depending on what they present me, then I'll either take it to the FBI or I won't.
4: No, I'd say two things to you. Number one is the campaign manager or whatever, thinking of taking the meeting. I'd say number one. This is a job we're running for the president of the United States. We're not running for student council or something like that. And you know the awesome responsibilities and the awesome expectations are ones in which you have to be, really, I think, beyond a doubt, always acting in the in the, in a pure way. So that's number one. And number two, it's I'd say. It's not pure. Well, it is pure. To, to if you would turn, if you would de- if de- decline the information, yes, if It's true information. By of the a Russian murder, government. I mean, you know, well, there's lots of true information that you know if it's gotten through ill-gotten means is a problem in the second means. well it is it's the russia it's it's our adversary saying so and here's why i think that matters once you take that information the russian government has compromised on you and on the campaign and they now know that any time if you don't do their bidding as a candidate or indeed as president, then you, the Russians, can go public. You can give it to the New York I'm Times. I'm not going to get myself
0: in that situation. I'm going to look at—they're going to they're gonna show me that document. And if it's a crime, I'm taking it right to the FBI. And as a matter of fact, even if it's not a crime, I can go take it to the FBI and say what they tried to pull. But either way— If I don't take this meeting, it's all going to go up in smoke. No, you don't
4: run your own operation. You call the FBI. They may say, go ahead and take the meeting and we'll surveil it, but you don't go and do it on your own. So how
0: about I do this? How about then, instead of that, I hire somebody to go to Russia to try to find this kind of thing out. I hire somebody. You know where I'm going. Hire the guy who used to man the the Russia desk in the British secret MI6. I say, go to Russia. You have a lot of Russian contacts. See if you can find this out. Right. So, is that different? So you're talking about the Steele dossier. I have to
4: say, honestly, I don't spend that much of my time on the Russia side of things. I'm more on the obstruction of justice side, so I'm probably not the best person to ask. But I don't think that that itself, which is seeking out information...
0: From the not- same people. It's the same people who wanted to meet with me, but instead of doing it that way, I'm going to hire somebody to get that same information. Right. So actually, hiring what, someone what, doesn't... Let me add, actually, I'm not even going to get information of a murder or something so serious. I'm going to try to get... Some secret video camera footage of him in a sexual situation that I can then spread around to hurt him. Not even something that the country will be happy they found out about, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything I can because I heard there's a, this tape out yeah. there. So if you're actively seeking out
4: a videotape uh, and under and that's illegal, sure, that's a problem no, too. It's not illegal.
0: It's- oh, it, it certainly can be. I mean, video.
4: Videotaping of someone's sexual conduct? Yeah. I mean, I don't know about, a lot about Russian law, but I would suspect that that's illegal. So then
0: if a journalist heard about it and tried to get it from the, the Russians, that would be illegal? Well,
4: journalism is always different because you have very complicated First Amendment protections for journalists. But, but for ordinary members of the public, yes, I think if you are trying to go out and... Uh, and get information that is itself illegally obtained. Yeah, that, that can make you an accessory to that. Absolutely. So
0: even if it's even if it happened ten years ago, you're trying to get this. In, but you're heard. Well, if you're trying to
4: get it today, that the crime is what you're doing but today. But you're, so you're not
0: commissioning. You're not asking them to do it. You know it's out there. See, I, I've, I'm very, I'm very unconvinced by all this because I can't uh, see any real difference between getting a cold call and saying, "Yeah, let me hear what you got." As a matter of fact, I think that's not as bad in the sense that it wasn't premeditated, or hiring a firm to go out there and speak to... And by the way, I have it in the Steele dossier. It says, I spoke to a top-level Russian intelligence officer still active in the Kremlin. So this is who they approached, looking for information. So I guess I would imagine that if, if Hillary had won, this would be exactly the same accusation... Of getting dirt. I'm asking you to say because I I can't, I've thought about it, I've spoken to you, I cannot distinguish the two. Can you distinguish them? I don't really spend my time thinking
4: about that. To me, on the Russia side, the big part of the big question is this. You you
0: never, that never, I mean, I know you don't spend your time, but you never thought. Well, I don't know the circumstances of the
4: Flynn. Well, I don't know enough about the facts of the Flynn investigation. I think that there was also Republicans who were paying for it, too. So I I don't know enough about it. But I would say that to me the key issue is this. Trump said time and again that the Russians didn't interfere in the 2016 election. And the Mueller report is devastating on that and shows that they did. And the question you got to ask is why was Trump so willing to shut that down. And today's New York Times is really devastating. I mean, Kirsten Nielsen, who's not exactly, you know, Nostradamus or some you know, great <laughs> thinker, is saying that she tried to bring the evidence of the 2016 election interference by the Russians to the president and was shut down because the president wanted to hear none of it. So when that we think about Russia, yeah, that ahead. to me is the key issue. It's, it's not, you know, what did the Steele dossier do? Or even this Donald Trump Jr. meeting, you know, those to me are sideshows. The real issue should be, you know, we have an adversary which has nuclear weapons and a very sophisticated intelligence operation. And they did something in the 2016 election and will do it again in 2020 if we don't stop them. OK, you're, you're
0: zooming out to something I actually probably don't disagree with you on nevertheless I it, it bothers me not to be able to look at each of the building blocks of the case which is made you could certainly say to me no I, I agree with you no I, I never thought that I thought that was okay but I feel like I, I don't know uh, where you're saying it okay so so it brings me to the next thing Comey so how do I start on this so seems to me we learned in my I learned everything I needed to know about Trump when he made poor Sean Spicer go out there and claim that Trump had the biggest inaugural crowd crowd sizes ever, even while there was a picture up there of showing the sparsely populated inauguration. And from that thin-skinned ego, everything, to me, makes sense in terms of him not wanting to give an inch to anything which is going to take him from the Greatest election upset in history, which he'd love to go down, is that to the guy who got elected with the help of the Russians, who shouldn't have been president to begin with. So he has every. And now we would, I think, we'd all feel that human reaction if we were him, but few of us would handle it as vulgarly as he does. But it can, in my mind, explain everything. Now, so then, it gets to the Comey firing. Now, according to the to the, the Mueller report. Thing he, on, jump
2: in anytime you want.
0: When, he, when calling the Mueller report, you told me wrong, wrong. He hated Comey, called him a showboat. This wasn't in the Mueller report, but Maggie Haberman wrote an article when, when and I remember watching it. When Comey testified before Congress, and they asked him about he says, Well, I'm kind of nauseated that I might have swung the election to Trump. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I feel like, I remember saying to my wife, Uh oh, because I kind of can channel Trump like this is not going to go over well with Trump. And sure enough, there was an article which said that was the reason that he fired him. But interesting. Uh, Trump wanted to put in the firing memo that that it was about Russia and all his advisors refused to let him do it and he and, and tell me if this is wrong I'm almost done Comey was lying to him from day one Comey said you're not a subject of the investigation but that can't be true because Comey had signed off on putting the uh, um, the steel dossier in front of the FISA court which meant he had to he had to attest to its truthfulness, or uh, c- certainly truthfulness. I have the timeline. The, the, the first... Uh, well, hold on, hold on. Oh, here it is. The first FISA court started in October 2016, before the election. So, now, the 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 uh, Steele dossier says all kinds of terrible things about Trump, basically being a traitor, sending Michael Cohen to Prague, and all this stuff. So, if you believe that dossier, and you've testified in front of a... or, or you've um, uh, claimed or whatever the word is You warranted in front of a court That you believe that this evidence is reliable Then common sense would say that you now, now the president has won You didn't expect Trump to win Now you believe that he's a traitor to the country Either that or you didn't really believe That the, FISA, that the uh, Steele dossier was true When you put it before the FISA court And Trump is asking him Am I a subject? And he says no And he asked him three times And he won't tell publicly And Trump says to himself you know, this is the guy who investigated Hillary. He found her innocent, and he ruined her. This is this is what I can expect from this guy. Maybe he'll clear me too, and he'll ruin me also. And he's lying to me. And and I don't like this guy. And I want him out of here. And I want and I want to be upfront about it to the American people. I want to say the reason I want him out of here. And then they they tell him he can't do that. They tell me he has to. As you know, sometimes when you fire someone, you're an employer. You have a lot of reasons, but you pick the one which is can't be argued with. Now, I got you dead to rights. You you took $10 out of the register. That might not even be the main reason you want to fire them, but you know that's the one nobody can argue with you about. So they tell him he has to do it for whatever reason Rosenstein told him he had to put it in. That was never really the reason. Then he goes on Lester Holt, and it looks like it was a slip of the tongue when he says Russia. But so now we know, no, he wanted to say that all along. So what what, what am I missing there?
4: I think you're missing a lot, so three things. Yeah. Um, first, yeah. uh, the investigation was started not because of the Steele dossier, but as the Mueller report makes very clear, it was started because the Australian
0: government... I didn't say it started because of the Steele dossier. It, I'm and, saying, when yeah, Trump was president, prior to Trump being president, Comey had signed off on the Steele dossier being true. No,
4: no. He signed off on the information from the Australian government... And that's what led to the opening of the investigation and they went to the FISA court. Right. And then before Trump was elected. And and yeah, before Trump was elected, so but he, not so he because he that- was a subject of the investigation. Right, but he had but because the Australians said there was a, a, a campaign by the Russian government to interfere with our election, and that's what they were looking at. They were not saying that Trump was this target of the investigation, rather they were
0: looking at the Russians. I'm saying that they put the they put the steel dossier in front of the FISA court. We know that. That meant that they had to believe it. That means that Comey is the FBI director, and he believes that his president is guilty of these things in... No, that's
4: not how FISA's work. So, you know, I've been involved in that so, Yeah, tell me. So you, you present information... Um, and here, I think that was part of infer- the information. But the, pride- the predominant part of the information was the Australians. You certainly don't say, "I believe everything in an affidavit or something," because the whole point of a FISA—FISA FISA stands for Foreign Intelligence Didn't Surveillance Act—and the, the whole idea is that you're supposed—you want to investigate these underlying allegations. Yes. You're not holding them out is true. That has never been the standard for a FISA because otherwise there would be nothing to investigate. So, so, so I totally no, I, disagree with you when you say that Comey had Trump as a target or was agreeing that Trump was a target. That is just not So what so you're saying right. is that,
0: that I could take this FISA document and I, you have to believe, I don't know what the standard of, of belief is, but you, you can't put something in front of the court that you believe is not true. No, of course. Yeah, you, so you, you have to believe it's probably true. You, you believe that it. pieces of it are,
4: you know, it's not right. a probable cause standard, but it is something higher than, right. you know.
0: It, it. So you believe that piece, is, that, that is probably true. I'm going to stick that. You believe that is probably true. And you use it to getting Carter Page, who, by the way, you know, and you use it for a full year to surveil Carter Page. But somehow were to believe that the stuff in it about Trump, Comey didn't, no, yeah. Comey didn't really believe that. Comey wasn't even thinking about that. He was only thinking about Carter Page. And even though he believed this document was reliable, he thought he—it never occurred to him that he wasn't really looking to the president. I, no,
4: I, it sounds like you really want to believe this, which is fine. But I, I think that the I'm real wrong. issue is that I, where know, where I think that you're wrong because what Comey presented was predominantly what a foreign ally of ours, the Australian government, said. Hey, there is something really serious going on here, and you need to look at then it. And how Amen? come there was
0: no FISA uh, do, uh, warrant opened on Papadopoulos? I'm
4: not sure if there was or wasn't, there wasn't. but that was. But it was that, not. I don't know that that matters. I mean, you know, but he's the guy who was
0: dealing with the Australians.
4: Yeah, but you know, the the thing about FISA is it's very. You can't. I, I think Papadopoulos is an American citizen, right? So you're not going to have that. No, so that yeah. So so pa- I don't. Page, think,
0: page is not an American citizen.
4: Yeah, Page is an American citizen, but there's a very high threshold for when you're when you're doing this. Now, obviously. Uh, in the course of an investigation you sometimes get information about US persons but you know I think that the big issue here when we're thinking about the firing of Comey is this it's yeah. that the president held himself out as saying oh it was because he was un- because Comey was unfair to Hillary Clinton he even you know, you know, commandeered a report from Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general, to say that for page after page. And it only took until the Lester Holt interview until the truth started to come out. And that is, again, not what we want in a president of the United States.
0: Uh, it says here, this just here, it says, President told Rosenstein to include in his recommendation the fact that Comey had refused to confirm that the president was not personally under investigation. The president said, Put the Russia stuff in the memo. Rosenstein responded that the Russia investigation was not the basis of his recommendation, so he didn't think Russia should be mentioned. The president told Rosenstein uh, he would appreciate it to put it in in any way. When Rosenstein left the meeting, he knew that Comey would be terminated. Then, notes taken Donald, uh, by Donaldson May 9th reflect the view that the White House Council, the president, original terminal. The president's original termination letter should not see the light of day and that it would be better to offer no other rationales. In other words, this was all his handlers who were to... I he- don't care. You're the
4: president. When you're the president, I don't care what your handlers say. There's a right and wrong thing to do. The
0: wrong thing to do is to lie to the American people. Full stop. That's okay. it. Game over. Fair enough. But, yeah, and I agree with that. But However... It's not, I wouldn't agree that knowing what we know now, that we can say Trump tried to make it seem like it was about Hillary. We actually know now I, that Trump well, didn't want to make it look like it was about Hillary and that Rosenstein and this guy Donaldson overruled him. This it, is in the Mueller The case
4: report. is not what Trump wanted or didn't want, it's what he did. Okay, well, hang on, do you need
2: another last, bottle of
0: water? The last, last issue, and then we can talk about the, the census or whatever. The last issue is firing of the, um, the wanting to fire Mueller. Now, um, this is McGann, right? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. So one thing that occurred to me when, when, when I read that story, I'm not going to go to my notes. I'm going to try to do it from memory. Um, Trump tells McGann, I want this guy fired or something like that. And McGann says, I'll see what I can do. And then he proceeds to start thinking about resigning. And the first thing that occurred to me as a guy who depends on his lawyers and accountants all the time is that when I ask somebody to do something that I can't do legally... The first thing they tell me is, no, no, you can't do that. That's not legal. Isn't it significant that nowhere in the Mueller report is there any depiction of McGahn telling Trump, you can't do that, it would be illegal. It would be obstruction of justice. It's more as if I don't want to be the guy going down in another Saturday night massacre, blah, blah, blah. And, And at the same time, to be fair to Trump... Alan Dershowitz is on TV every night telling him, and you know, and I say telling him, meaning he's looking in the camera and he knows that Trump is listening, telling him that you cannot be, it can't be considered obstruction of justice if you do something to fulfill your Article II powers, whatever it is. So, and McGahn knows that, that Trump's head is filled with this, uh, what McGahn <laughs> thinks, might think is nonsense. And yet he never tells him, Mr. President, you can't do it, it's illegal. That doesn't sound like uh, that's very fair to Trump. I mean, how, he can't. He, no, no, no. I he mean, can't know whether it's illegal or not. <laughs> if, if Alan, Ders- if Alan uh, Dershowitz tells yeah, him it's legal, right? Well, there's a concept of vagueness. There's a concept of vagueness in the law, right? That a, 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 if a law is so vague that a reasonable person yeah. can't know what's so allowed and what's is not all, allowed,
4: this is very litigated now. Because as you can imagine, obstruction of justice charges are used often by federal prosecutors. I use them all the time, yeah. and people often say things like, "Oh, my lawyer didn't tell me," and every single day of every single week. That is a loser argument in every court. Why? Because advice of counsel is not a defense. And the idea that you would listen to Dershowitz which is the most ridiculous argument ever. Oh, he has the constitutional right to fire someone. Of course he does. And you have the constitutional right to have a laptop and throw it in the garbage if you want. But if you know that the cops are coming looking for the laptop, and then you throw it into a river or into the garbage, that's called obstruction of justice. And similarly here, of course Trump has the right to fire the FBI director. But if he does it for a reason to stymie an investigation... That's a different matter. So, and again, So, so why just, didn't McGahn
0: tell him you can't do this? It's it's you're gonna get in trouble with I'm not of sure judges. that McGahn didn't tell him that. I Remember that find could it, be, anyway.
4: No, but you might not be able to find it because there might be attorney client privilege issues, any number of things. He for why people. I don't know that we necessarily know that he's waived everything. So I think there could be reasons why something like that isn't in in so, the, the report. For the sake of argument. But what is in the report is pretty dramatic. I mean Don McGahn is not exactly a stickler for the law. And he said this was so dispiriting, he called it a, a you know, an S expletive word show, and that he was going to resign over this. So that is, you know, um, the idea that the White House counsel, you, that
0: Trump lost even the support of his White House counsel. That we're, tells you We're, all we're you worried need about McGahn being dispirited, but we're not, we're not trying to ascertain the president's actual intent. When he says he, he, he feels he has the authority to do something, he tells his counsel to do it, and his counsel neglects to tell him well, I mean, the reason the intent why is important
4: it. in terms of like if he fired someone by accident. Obviously, that would be a defense, but it is not a defense to say his lawyer said X or Y. It's just not. Even if McGahn said to him, "No, oh, you can do this." If it was, if if it, if if he had a corrupt intent, then that's enough to for the crime to be satisfied.
0: All right, that, that seems that seems pretty. Um you know, when, and then when you start taking that all the way to impeachment, and you think about the half of the country, which I'm not one of them, by the way, it might, I might sound like I am because I'm arguing something on principle. Uh, the half of the country that voted this guy, they knew it was kind of a sleazy liar, and that they're, they're going to try to remove him for this attempt to do something. Which, he, first of all, he could have done it. McGahn couldn't stop him. So, which which matters? Like, if, if you try to kill somebody. You're not really in control whether the, whether the person gets killed. But if I want to fire that bartender and I tell my manager to do it and she refuses, I can still fire him easily. I just say you're fired or get yeah, someone else. No, to but fire that's him. wrong.
4: That's in the law at least. So attempt to attempt to do something is just as much of a crime as doing it. If I pull a gun out and try and shoot you and I miss, it's not really a defense to say no harm, no foul. That's my I point. Intended but it's not, to an do att-
0: it. it's not an attempt if it... you couldn't be stopped. It wasn't. In other words, it, it, McGann argued with him because he thought it was okay to do this, and then then he stood then he stood down when his counsel told him, however indirectly he told him, you, you shouldn't do this. He didn't then do no, it no. himself.
4: So, well, but that's the whole question, and that's what, if, if there is an impeachment inquiry, that's what it's going to look at. What are the circumstances for why Mueller was not fired when the president had given an order to fire? If, if the president withdrew the order, then that's one thing. But if it's just the stopping of, by someone else, that's an independent cause, and, and you don't get the benefit of that. Well, if, you, know, be if you call If it. you're the mob boss, no, I and mean, you say to your underling, go kill that person, and your underling doesn't do it, you don't get to get out of jail because of
0: that. Yeah, but I think we re- we know that Trump backed off. By the way, what about the Spacely Sprocket, uh, Mr. Spacely argument? You know what the Mr. Spacely argument is? I have no idea what you are talking about. In the Jetsons, Mr. Spacely always says, "Jetson, you are fired," because he's like a boss with well, that kind of bluster. But nobody really thinks Jetson is fired. Like you know, we all know this kind of. But my father had this is that of temper. argument hold up in court. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my father had this kind of temper where he would he would. F- and by the way, this is why I, I asked you in the beginning about this treason thing because I I I can imagine. What it's like to be accused of, I mean, on TV every day of being a foreign agent, a Russian agent, a spy, compromised, when and they and they have all these stories and they're not true and about kislyak and sessions and tillerson is a russian i mean every everything under the sun and then you fucking dude, loo- you lose dude, your it's not temper. that hard
4: it's not that hard if you're the president to avoid these allegations and no president has had them before so yeah when you meet with a russian ambassador and give them some of the most sensitive information about israel and covert operations yeah that's going to start raising questions Yet when your entire that intelligence later. community that came- says says that the russians have hacked your election and you don't even look into it yeah that's important even just take yes. Yesterday, the president meets Jack Dorsey, the head of Twitter. That was like a perfect opportunity after the Mueller report to talk about, hey, have the Russians interfered with the election and what can Twitter do about it as we look forward? What did Trump talk about? None of that. He talked about why his followers were deflated. Uh, you know, his numbers of followers were deflated on Twitter. That right. is not the way any yeah. president of the United States should
0: behave. Yeah, that's that's, that's the, the guy. That's the guy who complains about his crowd size at the impeachment. That's the guy who goes after Ted Cruz's father. They after he, the, this is your the, defense. Well, it is a defense in the sense that if you're looking to know if it matters to the law to know why you're behaving this way, yeah, the fact that you're that you're a thin-skinned asshole is probably not going to be criminalized. The fact that you are a, a, had a strategy to to get around the law would be, and there is something very much that just seems like Trump just furious all the time, as anybody, it reminded me of Kavanaugh in a way, Kavanaugh freaked out when he was accused of being an attempted rapist or whatever it is, and he got so mad, and he's screaming and yelling, and then very quickly it became, doesn't even matter if you did it anymore, your reaction to this now is disqualifying. And this is, I, I see an analogy, that I'm not defending Kavanaugh, I'm just saying, that, the, we're, I feel like we're getting close to the point where it doesn't even matter that he was accused of, I say, a Siamese twin of a crime which we have the death penalty for. The ultimate crime, in a sense. Total disloyalty to your country. Doesn't it matter, and that the, that the two, two-thirds of the media are on TV every night telling the American people that you are a traitor. Doesn't matter how angry that got you. If your anger put you over the line and now we got you on your reaction, so, and we don't even care anymore so, what you actually so, did. It. So
4: so two things. Number one, yeah. frustration, which is the term that the attorney general used, is never a defense in court. <laughs> In crime, So criminally, this would go nowhere if he could be indicted as a sitting president. And number two, the standard for impeachment is very different. It's not political. a technical thing. It is political, as you're saying. And the idea that he is such a hair trigger and so frustrated and angry, that's actually a reason why the impeachment inquiry, I think if it unfolds, that'll be actually something that will give it strength
2: Leonard, rather than take that it, it. That's, Leonard, that's Leonard, a good reason for removing him. Leonard Utsch just came in. I know, I know he's no, no, got strong no, opinions no, no, about no, Comey. No, no, no,
0: no. I don't want to let it so uh, okay, uh, I was saying that sarcastically. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that that's that, that's my first that's my main three um, chapters on the on the uh, Russia thing. Do you worry as a guy in this thing about cognitive biases all the time? Yeah. yeah. So and that's the, one of the things I like about you is that
4: you know you you approach stuff. Not just for, as a you know kind of left or right person, but he's trying to think independently. I think the country needs a lot more of that.
0: Well, thank you. So there's two cognitive biases. These are interesting that I, that I read about and trying to think. One is the persistence of discredited beliefs, and I'll read a quick thing. Uh, beliefs can survive potent logical or empirical challenges. They can, they can survive and even be bolstered by evidence that most uncommitted observers would agree logically demand some weakening of such beliefs. They can even survive the total destruction of their original evidentiary biases, basis. And then the other one is the illusory truth effect, which is, uh, says that the tendency to believe information to be correct after repeated exposure, meaning when you hear it and you hear it and you hear it, you begin to believe it's true. And I worry that there's a combination of both going. on. We've been hearing it over and over and over again. And from people like Brennan and Clapper and 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 Schiff, people that we assumed had more knowledge than they could let on. And then even, and and then the the evi- a lot of the evidence crumbles away. Tillerson wasn't a traitor, and Kislyak meeting with Sessions was nothing and the uh, Cohen wasn't in Prague and I mean you can just tick tick all a, a lot of the things that disappeared and yet we we're, we're already in the habit of it and that, anyway that's what I that's what I worry about and that's why I try to think I said okay what if this were a candidate I really support it. What if Hillary had won? And now they're bringing up the fact that she hired looked for OPPO research in Russia. Would we be going after her? I'm would, really glad you do that
4: because, yeah. you know, as a, as a law professor, that's one of the first things you do with your students is to say, flip the parties and ask, would your intuitions on the merits of the case... Be the same. And I mean, that's why I'm such a believer in the adversarial system and why I'm so dispirited when people say, oh, you can't defend Harvey Weinstein or this person or that person. Because the only way to get truth and eliminate those biases is precisely by having people who argue and take the other side. So I think that's absolutely right. I just disagree with your application of that principle to these facts. That is, you know, whether or not, you know, Cohen was in Prague or something, those are sideshows. The big issue is and always has been Russia interfered in the 2016 election. The president's own advisors. Were implicated in dealings with Russia, pretty seriously. I mean, Michael Flynn, the National Security Advisor, Paul Manafort, his Numero Uno campaign official. And well, why did the president? Why did the president try and shut this stuff down? <laughs> why did he never care? Why does he, to this day, not try and protect the sanctity of the American election? Because elections? he,
0: because of his ego, and that, that's got to be the reason. It's got to be because of his ego, and, and he's got nothing to lose now. And
4: if that's the defense, yeah. he should be impeached.
0: Yeah. If he were smart. He would actually go crazy about this stuff now to make himself look better, make himself look less guilty. Got nothing to lose by going after it, right? I don't know how it looks.
4: I just want a president who protects us. That's like simple. It's not it's not that complicated.
0: I'm with Pete by the way. Pete Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 supporting him for, for He's president. He's really right impressive. Yeah, him, he yeah. sure is. So Dan, you got anything? Well, oh, first of all, I, I got one more thing. Afterwards, about, I'm to end this about Mueller. Well, the, the, well I have, you might I, as well just blow the whole okay, episode. and I, talk I, about I, Mueller. This, this is my theory about what <laughs> is going to come out. I go. Oh, you have to go in ten minutes. Uh, t- yeah. Oh, I don't know that. Well, because we've been here fifty minutes. No, now. I thought we going to do. No, we haven't. It's only mm, seven, almost seven, seven. minutes. almost fifty. Okay, this is my theory about it. You know, it, you know that it, when they talk about um, torture, whether it should be legal or not, someone always brings up the ticking time bomb scenario. Jack Bauer. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do with it? I think somehow this is what happened with the Trump thing. I think that because we know that they got the uh, they got the information on the Steele dossier and, um, like a month or two before they even opened the uh, um, investigation. Uh, Bru- uh, Bruce Orr's wife met with uh, somebody, does, or, or um, Simpson met with, with with Bruce Orr and told him about it. Whatever it is, they they knew this was going around and this was gossipy, and they never thought he was going to win, so they. They didn't react to it that quickly. Then all of a sudden, he won. And now, the President of the United States, in their minds, is likely a traitor. And he can do real damage. And they don't have any procedures or rules designed to, to, to use... There's nothing, there's nothing that can, uh, can react quickly enough to this kind of thing. And before they know it, they start bending the rules a little bit in desperation, and then now that the evidence turns out to go, a lot of go up in smoke, they're going to look much worse than I think they ought to, because I don't think there was any bad intention there. But for instance, McCabe and Rosenstein have a meeting, and they talk about wearing a wire to record the president. Now, that's incredible. And what's even more incredible is that they come out of the meeting, and one person says they were kidding, and the other person says they were serious. So when you have that high level of people can't agree on whether a conversation about wearing a wire to record the president was serious or not, I'm calling bullshit. That something was going on there that they're not proud of. And, the, and because I don't like to assume the worst, I think it'd be crazy to assume the worst. These are patriotic people. The only thing I can come up with is that they were like, oh shit, this dude won. What are we, and he is Putin's boy, and what are we going to do? We got we to get rid of him. So now one of crazy? the things
4: that bugs me the most about Attorney General Barr's conduct over the last month is that even someone as smart as you repeats these ideas that um, the that the president that the investigation of the president um, you know was launched by the Steele dossier I didn't say and that. all that. You you I thought you did. I thought you just said that it was one or two months before that
0: they opened the investigation. No what I'm saying so, is that this was in their head. It was it was can I so, can I curse again it sure. was fucking with their heads. They they couldn't risk if there was a if there was a twenty percent chance that this was true, that the president was in Putin's pocket. This was unacceptable. Right, he, and so what he, I'm and saying, he was talking to about you, pulling out of NATO. He's talking about pulling out of Syria. Right,
4: and so what I'm saying to you is, it wasn't really. I think about is the president in the pocket of Putin. It was how the Russians interfering with the election, and we need to investigate that. And that's what Mueller's charge was, and that's what he found. The evidence did not crumble. It's devastating as to what happened.
0: All right. Dan,
2: what did you want to say?
4: Well, uh,
2: uh, first of all, I'd like to point out that I had listed several talking points for this episode. uh, (laughs) One of which written in bold was as follows. (laughs) The average listener and myself is not well informed on the numerous complex legal and factual (laughs) issues involved in the Mueller investigation. Let's keep it
0: accessible. I don't think we achieved that today. (laughs) Don't blame me first of all i th- I couldn't. I think you're absolutely wrong. I think this is the most important issue in America right now, and we just discussed it well, in a very human way without resorting to laws and regulations, just in terms of how how um listen in, in my experience is that the law bends to justice justice is not easily bent to the law, and I notice when laws are twisted to come out with a certain result is because it just didn't seem fair otherwise. And I think that the American people are going to have to think that this is fair and before they'll allow any law can, to be applied. Can
1: I chime in here yeah. for a second? Because yeah. we were going back and forth over email on this um, this conversation of how much we should focus on this or not. And Noam sent a very funny email to me and Dan which said, We'll see how it goes. We'll definitely find time to get Kyle's opinion on comedy. Who cares about the fact that he's influential and in whether the president of the United States is impeached? I'd like to know his favorite Chappelle show skit. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: uh, you know... Uh, can I th- 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 I'm so, so happy to have you on the show. Not, and I want to get to know you. <laughs> you know, I mean,
2: that's like saying on an episode of The View, why didn't they talk about Comey the whole day? It's not what our show uh, is. So you want to... It may be what you want it to be. <laughs> and, 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 and most people's knowledge of the Mueller report is basically one of two things. Impeach now or no collusion. The depth that you got into it is just beyond the scope of the average person, in my views, uh, well, handle on the complex well, legal I'm and factual issues I'm going to leave you guys involved. to
4: your own room, and you guys can decide that. Uh, uh, but, there but were that 300
2: a- people died in Sri Lanka, but who cares? No one's talking about that. You want to talk about the census? I don't even know what that is. Okay, Dan, you wasted a lot of time now venting. You, if you have other you, things to talk I, about, I might have it. wasted time venting. You spent forty minutes talking about the thing
4: I put in bold. Let's keep it accessible. <laughs> well, you asked about my favorite comic, and one yes. of them is sitting right next yeah, to me. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. if we could yeah. hear. Well,
3: I am I, actually curious about something. If we do impeach Trump, <laughs> do you think the country would accept it? Like, Good how question. would the country react to an impeachment on the grounds of his ego is too thin, and right. as a result, so, there
4: was so a... so two things. One is that impeachment is actually just in the House of Representatives; it's a formal accusation mm-hmm. of crimes, and after an investigation, or a crime of high crimes and misdemeanors, it takes a Senate vote to convict, and by two thirds. And I think obviously that is a tough standard, and by constitutional design, I think if. That Senate standard was met, and two-thirds of the Senate, even with a Republican majority, found the president should be impeached and convicted. Yeah, I think the American people would accept it because that would—it's rec- just such a high supermajority rule. Now the question is: Well, what if only the House of Representatives, by a simple majority vote, impeaches but doesn't convict? I still think that's the right process. I think what our Constitution demands is to ask the questions, to investigate to be transparent with the American people and if it fails it fails and Democrats should be proud that they launched the process and Republicans should be proud that they you know uh, that they came to a judgment that protected the 2016 elections Uh, can I just make a a couple
2: points it was never my intention to discuss Neil's favorite Chappelle (laughs) sketch I've written the the, the following topics were the topics I listed I have an accessible question Mueller report which I wanted to devote 10 to 15 minutes to LGBT discrimination in federal law. Do you know the Supreme Court is? And we have a Supreme Court expert Ask him. here. Well, he has no time. He's got to leave. I, I
0: have a question. Federal exce- law prohibits discrimination I, I, based I, I, on gender. I think this question will make you happy. And I'm actually I doubt mo- it. I'm moved by this. As a, are you are you first generation? Yes. Your parents are from India. Yes. My wife's half Indian, by the way. Really? How, how my second, how, my first
2: cousin twice removed is half Indian as well.
0: And and um, that's true. By the way, does it uh fill you with patriotic... My cousin's grandson, patriotic pride or something like how does it feel to go to be the, the the son of immigrants and now you're the the have the record for the most appearances of supreme court as as a minority what is it what does what does it make huge. you feel about your country it, it's
4: huge and it's so important i think about it all the time you know i just argued my 39th case uh, last week at the court and i do tear up almost every time because This country has given me every opportunity and I'm so patriotic and love this country and the chance to be in the government. You know, I like had a job in which I, you know, oversaw covert operations for a while. I mean, the the son of an of immigrants. And I don't think that's possible in other countries. I don't think it's possible in other countries. My very first case was suing President Bush on Guantanamo and winning. And I represented Osama bin Laden's driver. I mean, in many other countries, Mister, B- that guy, the driver, would have been shot just for bringing his case, and you know, more to the point, for me, his lawyer would have been. And that is something so profound about this country—the way in which it, you know, respects the adversarial system; the I, way in which it lets someone like me, the son of immigrants, do, you know, this and achieve the highest levels in government. I mean, when, no other country does when, it when like it, us. We should all celebrate this. Yay, I'm, when it I'm so
2: hear you say that. You've argued more Supreme Court cases in U.S. history than any other minority attorney. I still have an issue <laughs> with know. that. They call you a minority attorney. And by uh, the way, and what is a minority?
0: I mean, not white. Not white. A person so, of color. That's that, that would be the definition. It's a term of art. I think in this thing.
4: case too. Ter- I think if you just show up at the court and look on any given day, <laughs> you'll figure it out. <laughs> but, well, you know,
2: we'll, well you've certainly done good work. Now, my, my question, ahead, which again. we don't have time to answer, but just to yes, show you yes. I didn't yes. want to talk about Chappelle. Okay. The Supreme Court is about to hear some cases. To uh, answer the following question, federal law prohibits explicitly discrimination based on gender. It says in the federal law you can't discriminate based on gender. You can't fire somebody because they're a woman or fire somebody for their gender. The Supreme Court is set to hear several cases of which uh, Mr. Kachal is no doubt aware. To answer the following question, (laughs) does this apply to discrimination based on sexual orientation and transgender status? Would have loved to talk to you about it, but unfortunately... Oh, I thought he had to go. Okay
4: well i i think that you know i'm I'm involved in those cases and so um, but, and so, you know, you take this with a grain of salt, but I think it's pretty clear that the language of the statute encompasses sexual orientation claims. And, you know, that's what both conservatives and liberals have found um, when they read the statute. And so, you know, I'm optimistic that the court will protect these workers and not have them out of luck well, just because of whom they happen to look. Well,
2: I'll tell you this. I'm a guy that believes in the plain meaning of the statute when the plain meaning is clear. <laughs> and so I disagree with you. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but, but Congress is certainly more than welcome to pass a law prohibiting discrimination based on sexual orientation and transgender status. I hope that they do, but I have to disagree with you that the Constitution
0: demands it. Uh, Noam, I, do you have say, any I, I, thoughts I, I mean, on I mean, that? One thing I noticed, is it, it, maybe this applies to the census case too, and it applies to certain of the Trump things, and it applies as humans every day, is a question of mixed motives. Like, if I have two employees who both do the same fireable act they both did it and one of them is a real prick and one of them helped me move a couch and he's really nice to me and I decided and I, you know and I let the guy who was nice to me slide and I fired the guy who was a prick but he did it he stole out of the register whatever it is and then someone has to come back and unwind whether this was okay or not what what I mean, you, you understand the question. It's, yeah. it, what, do you, what are your comments about that? Yeah, so,
4: I mean, there's a whole complicated legal framework around these mixed motive cases because you're absolutely right. In daily practice, it happens all the time for employers. It may even happen for presidents. And in general, the view is that if you do something because of an improper motive, if that was enough to cause you to do something, then you can be held liable for whatever that underlying thing is.
0: So, it's like a but-for test? Because let's say it wasn't an improper motive, it's just that I, I decided not to give the guy a break because he, he wasn't nice, you know? I, yeah.
4: So if it's just he wasn't nice, that's obviously not going to be encompassed by Title Seven. But if you had an employee that was gay and you fired him because he was gay, but he also happened to steal, um, if the stealing alone was enough that you would have done it anyway, then that's a defense. But if... But if if the orientation
0: played a role in your firing, then that's that's where you run into Title Seven. So in the census case, is the accusation? I'm not up on it. That uh, the real the the census case. The real intention here, what's in the news this week? Where the real intention here was to undercount.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the evidence on this is devastating. Uh, You know, Jesse Furman, the district court judge here in New York, wrote a 175-page opinion, one of the best opinions I've ever read, that goes through every piece of evidence. He's a very fair judge and basically says this was a post-hoc rationalization uh, put down by the Trump administration. What
0: they really wanted to do was suppress the count. Yeah, I'm actually, I I tend to, it, it bothers me in theory to Get into this kind of thing, and I and I feel like sooner or later we're going to regret because now you kind of put blood in the water, and everybody's going to start be taking, uh, uh, bringing up lawsuits, questioning motives, and yes. you can and, and it's a big Pandora's box. I completely
4: box. agree with you, and you know that's something that you know I when I have been litigating as a president have been really careful about because you know I've represented presidents before. And I hope to again. And the last thing I want is for presidents to be straightjacketed by the law because we need presidents. And one of the real sins for me of President Trump is that he makes it hard. For courts, because they have to second guess some of this stuff, and ultimately, the legacy is to weaken presidential
0: power, not to expand it. What's that? I've said this before on the show. What's that saying about like good cases make bad Hard laws? Hard cases make bad law. Hard exactly. presidents make bad law. Beautiful. Like, like they forcing us to make 100% these things. Hundred percent agree with you. Yes. And, and that was the case with the with the um, the travel ban and all these things, which. You know, if if he's acting immorally, we don't want to let him act. But to make it illegal to act immorally, and now 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 you're going to have unelected people. And i was thinking, well, what if the what if the judge overrules a travel ban, and then there is a terrorist act? Who's accountable? The judge? Who's going to? How do you vote the judge out of office for his? And we, you know, so it's just impossible. You you kind of agree with me, I think. I agree with,
4: I mean, maybe not the exact uh, point, but I agree with the general idea that, you know, whenever uh, courts are asked to invalidate presidential action, there's a risk that they might go too far. And those of us who are bringing these cases have a real, I think, moral obligation to say, okay, this time the president went too far, but we want to safeguard the, the, the abilities for future presidents to do their jobs. Was
0: it right for Clinton to be able to be sued while he was
4: in office? So I wrote about this and basically said I thought that the, that the president civilly, not criminally, but civilly, could delay his lawsuits until after
0: he left office. I, I agree with you, too, because the cure is worse than the disease. The president cannot focus on anything. He's got to go. He's got to go. Mr. Kachal, we're, we're going to talk, uh, talk a little bit. Will you come down again? Will you come to the show? I would love
4: show? to. I would, you know, I, yes, I, come I, have, I love coming here. Come There's have drinks bit, with me. and, and I would talk be so honored. Um, this is one of my favorite places in New York City, and thank you so much for inviting thank me. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Neil, for coming. No, we can uh, talk
1: a
0: little bit with lingon a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but...
1: I'll walk Neil out. Okay. And you guys... uh,
4: okay.
0: I, I'm sorry that the guy that we, that, you know, any other time, if he had come, we were just... But the fact that he is so influential yes, but as in as I've said we've I, had numerous other
3: resist. relevant I, topics. but as an Indian American comic, I get it when somebody who's a professional gets all the airtime. That's very common will, in my family I, well, as just well. just
2: that Alingon, when I invite a guest and I hear them not talking, I I, I take that very seriously and I... I uh, read, I try to um,
0: rectify that, but thank you so much. Oh, really it's it's my pleasure. And and there was nothing. There was nothing that went on that you had any bad feelings about, right? no, because no, no, no. because that would be the last thing I want. I, I sit there in the shower and I think about these things and I say, well, you know, my wife doesn't have a good argument against. So like, who can I talk to? Dan doesn't care. I got you know. So uh,
2: it's, uh, we'll get it later. <laughs>
0: okay. So uh, I mean, uh, we might as well can, end can, the show. Can, I mean, can Perry give you? Can I have your email address? <laughs> yeah. I, I promise, email you just once or twice a day. Huh? <laughs> right. I, it was very, very heartwarming to me, for lack of a better word, to hear him speak with that pride of country. Right. Uh, as a
3: first-generation immigrant, we. Sp- well, uh, I think what happens is. Our parents come; they've experienced whatever their country is that they're coming from, and they know what it's like without having, let's say, a rule of law or having corruption in the system. So their love for America is like it's huge, right? right. My pa- my dad, he, he he wears like a flag pin every day, right? He loves America. I think what happens with the kids is they see some of the aspects of the country that isn't as nice. Let's say it's perceived racism or whatever kind of slights that happen as or real a,
0: racism yeah. or, yeah, or yeah, real yeah.
3: racism yeah. and and that does affect their perception of the country in a way that my parents are like what are you talking about you getting to go to school you're getting to have a fair shot in a way that you wouldn't have in any other country just love that right so i think that's maybe what plays into it but it's not like we're i i don't think most first america first generation Americans would be like, "Oh, I hate this country." No, I, 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 specifically said that. Not that they hate the country,
0: but he was, he was speaking like my father's generation of, of immigrants, and, may, and maybe, maybe it's just, you know, I, and, and maybe each immigrant population, like Brett Stevens was on, and he said, well, Jews have a particular... Remember, he said, oh, well, Jews are particularly different about this, and maybe Indians have the one thing, and maybe, like, you know, we have various different country groups of people from countries that work here and have worked here, and each one has their own kind of character about it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, the Jews and, certainly
3: do, right, Dan? And, yeah, and, do what? But Jews d- have what? But,
0: but how, how did you... Do you feel pride of country?
3: You're Indian. Certainly. I, like, I, I find it thrilling. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I... I <laughs> well, again... I know what like where my parents came from like I know the poverty that my dad grew up in and he talks about how the opportunities that are available to him in this country are not available a meritocratic system is not available in any other country that he has lived in so he's absolutely imparted that into us where sure. did you grow up I grew up in Worcester Massachusetts very I mean, meritocratic I mean, I, 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 city.
0: I just, I just lament and have lamented for a while that we, we take our flashlight and we and we can point it on whatever we want, mm-hmm. and of course we need to point it on our inadequacies and our injustices and all that stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean, I but at some ar- point, we- but I would argue that that is the, like the role of the citizen, right? Like you're supposed to do that, and that's what makes you patriotic—to be like, hey, this is what's wrong with the country. Let's focus on it to make it better. The people who are just blindly like, oh, this country's so great, they're the ones who are more. Complacent. Right, but at some point, and I feel like we are at that point. Sometimes, with certain
0: uh, groups of Americans, you can name names. No, no, it's mostly probably uh, liberal, young white people. But okay, but where where um, uh, they they it, they look so much at our uh, inadequacies mm-hmm. that they literally do no longer see.
3: The great things about the country. You hear them talk I'm and, I, and sure. I just worry about I'm that. not so sure. I, can I feel, be wrong. Like, I feel like a lot of them are... I mean, if you take somebody like let's say an AOC, right? You see this momentum around her yeah. and you see a civic engagement that comes with that. Yeah. It's not because these people have just kind of checked out. It's the opposite. They're like, finally, there's somebody who's speaking our voice and trying to address the issues that we're talking about, so we're getting engaged.
0: Right. Okay. I, I like AOC. I mean, I i, I shouldn't say i I... I I like her more than you would expect me to like her. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a low bar. <laughs> Kissinger said, and it, it was just in a paper yesterday, a society needs great objectives to which it can apply itself with conviction instead of being obsessed with its own shortcomings. He was essentially making the case that Europe never recovered from World War I because it's been so obsessed with its shortcomings mm-hmm. that it, co- it couldn't pull together to accomplish great things. Mm-hmm. Now, that's just a, it's almost a psychological question, but I think there is something to that. We, we do... If, if the number one issue to me is social fabric, we need to, in some way, find a way we can pull together. And, well, of course, Trump exacerbates it.
3: Well, like the USA chant, I feel like that's like a dividing line. If you're in a stadium and people start chanting USA, the people who do it ironically versus the people who do it heartfelt, that's where, like, the dividing line is. Because I'm, I when I see people chanting USA, I get kind of scared. I'm like, I don't... It feels a little blind to me. Whereas I'm sure... There are people you know who are like, no, this is just a... But I don't know. At an Obama rally, you wouldn't be scared if they did that.
1: I
0: don't think I don't anybody think would do be do chanting.
1: It of
3: course they would. To- of course they would. You uh, said uh, in a in an Obama rally?
0: Of course they would. I, mean, you, I, I just saw something like that recently. I don't, people like, yeah, you could... Can- it feels aggressive, and then
1: you feel like aggressed upon if you don't participate.
3: It, it, I'm pretty I, sure you could find I, examples I'd, I'd maybe of... maybe uh, do um, it in like the Olympics, but that's about it.
2: Dan, I you know I, I just I, I feel like that episode of Three's Company where you didn't see Suzanne Somers the whole episode, and then she comes in at the end and like, oh, you're back from vacation.
0: Well, Dan, she you, was in contact If you want well, if you want to take this online, it's really pretty reprehensible. He said he had ten minutes left, and I stopped. And you had ten minutes, and it turned out as as most people say, to go con- to engage him on whatever you wanted, and he stayed longer <laughs> than ten minutes. Instead, you just bitch and moan. I, I write out
2: every week a list of talking points. I begged you to have meetings. I've I've told you if you want to discuss anything else or edit my talking points in any way, shape, or form, please let me know in advance.
0: You don't even read them. I did read them, but I answered. I answered. She read the email. I answered. I, I I made it pretty clear that if I have the guy who's kind of like the the. Well, na- then
2: then the next time you have a guy and you feel that way, I'm not. Then don't invite me, because there's no need for me to be here, and it's not what we do best. We have to brand ourselves. Otherwise, we're just every other podcast, okay. and I don't. And I, and I, I, I don't have, think I, Neil, I have to.
1: I do have to say, I don't think Neil um, does podcasts lightly. I think he um, had a particular affinity for this place and you guys. I'm serious. <laughs> I do
3: think he came in expecting He's, a little bit more comedy. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I, no, I feel I like so. I, I prepped him. Oh yeah. yeah I don't think I so. I mean maybe a little bit and again
2: my list was not comedy my list was sri lanka which is pretty important my not, not, list discussed uh, lgbt discrimination in it's federal hilarious. law which is not only is it right up uh, right in his wheelhouse it's accessible it doesn't we get so in about that
0: ch- okay dan this is this is why what you're saying is on the face of it absurd I'm happy
3: if, to pretend to be Neil, and you can go through questions. When question I see a Lingon a, not participate for what, 40 minutes straight, I say to
2: myself, and Neil's a, and a Lingon's a very bright guy with a Harvard degree, and he's not chiming this in. Is about I a say to myself, if a Lingon is lost, my
0: God, what's going on in, okay. out there in, in radio land? Uh, all over cable news, ratings doubled or tripled. When people talk about this stuff, this is the number one issue driving ratings and throughout the media. Not not Title Seven uh, gender rules, and not the census. It's whether Trump should be impeached or not, and the Mueller. Has there been a bigger story in the last? Three, five years than the Mueller like report. Trump's i mean, not Louis getting impeached.
3: Like, <laughs> 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 nice. I'll
2: I, say it again. When I feel a man as intelligent as a Lingon is lost, my God, Don't what's going on out Don't there even, in radio? You weren't
3: you? Do you feel lost? or You were just listening? No no, 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 no. I wasn't lost, but it was it was a little bit more in the weeds than I anticipated it being. I I, I listened. You know what? There were notes.
0: There were notes on papers. I didn't. I no. There I, I, notes. I notes. There, there are always There are I um. Uh, get something out of life, and when when if I can find a way to bring in one of the the world's experts on something, and I can debate with him and hold my own, as I think I did, I think so, um, and I, that 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 is worth it to me, uh, even if um, Dan is unhappy. Well, then, <laughs> then, then <laughs> it's important. It's important to my self esteem. And then next do time, it, then do because it because next, Ro- next time Keith Robinson calls me an idiot, I can say, well, you know what, but Neil, I, Neil well, cut you out thought I was all here's right. Here's the so. problem, Neil.
2: <laughs> Noam, ultimately, if two people are listening to this podcast, that's two more than Noam even needs. Uh, he's happy just to have a conversation.
0: Linga, what do you think?
2: Which is fine, and I, but I, I'm—I put five years into this podcast, not for fun,
0: not for fun. All right. What do you think of that? Not for fun. And, and I feel bad <laughs> about—I feel bad, bad about waxing about the immigrant thing. I, I don't think I expressed it the right way, but I—I just—I felt very optimistic after hearing him because I know he's a liberal guy, and I, I was just. You know, I I kind of
3: gotten, um, but he's like he's like an Obama liberal. He's like aspirational American. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I just you know my my wife's family's Indian here. i was just it was, I, think about it. It's like you I haven't heard that in a while. You know what I mean? Like no, I see very hear, patriotic. I, no, but no. Think about that. We used to hear that kind of stuff all from the me, time. I
1: hear that from you all the time. Right,
0: but we don't we don't but well, we don't really we when, we when we hear somebody of color talking about opportunity and stuff in America. Ninety-nine to, to one right now. It's usually and may, and rightfully. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not complaining about this and that aspect of America. And we very very seldom since Obama hear somebody of color speaking and talk about tears in his eyes when he when he thinks about how much he loves the country. And if we heard more of that, I think it would make the other stuff go down easier. A lot of us would be much. Uh, we, we. Oh, the treason. No, you know what I'm saying. Like, if yeah, we we feel like we're all okay. We're all on the same team here. Let's pull together and let's get rid of these fucking racists or whatever it is, because we all love the country. Yeah. As opposed to at some point where it just becomes like, if you can just talk about white men, white men, white men, uh, you know, okay, what can I do? I'm a white guy, so it's it's, so it's very divisive
3: in a way. You know, yeah, I, I don't think, feel like I, we're on the same team with you. Like it's a it's a it's a bad strategy to just, yeah. you know.
1: He's a Ville lovely Fiesel. fellow.
3: He was terrific. Oh, he's fantastic.
1: What yeah. about number five on here, Dan? Because this is, I mean, number six, excuse me.
0: What was six?
2: Well, I, I, uh, I have to go to dinner. I have my weekly boys oh, dinner. Oh, you can be a little bit late. Come on, Dan. What's, what's number six? Jewish comedian Vladimir Zelensky, elected president of Ukraine. He's a comedian. He was elected the president yeah, of the Ukraine. What,
0: what, what
1: can I, I don't know.
2: Okay. Reagan was an actor.
1: Well, we all saw how that turned
2: out. Well, look, it wasn't me. It was Perry that suggested we talk well, about think it's that. Well, I really <laughs>
1: interesting.
2: <laughs> <That was> Nobody
1: <laughs> has anything to say about the fact now, that well, a comic just got elected president well, of the is, Ukraine? It is.
2: A, well, we can ask the question, what comedian would most likely be elected president in the, of the United States? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, uh, I, if oh, we I had mean, to pick. Do, Dov, do you want
0: to sit down briefly? It, and would, discuss have to, it would have to be Matteo Lane has to be somebody or or, a on It It had to be somebody of color, somebody of color or or sexual orientation. David off from off
2: camera or off mic says it would have to be Ryan Hamilton. Oh, Ryan Hamilton, good, but he's a Mormon. Uh, But but I know inactive Mormon. I think that uh, you know um, he is
1: inactive. He identifies as an inactive Mormon.
2: I think that uh, John Stewart could probably that's good. I mean, if anybody in the comedy world could pull it off, it'd be John Stewart. Yeah,
0: I didn't know you meant uh, big, big famous people. Yes, John Stewart would be the guy.
2: Um, and and Tracy Morgan would be would be not the guy. <laughs> at the bottom of the ticket would probably be at the bottom of the
0: ticket. Though <laughs> no, I no, I might vote for him as a protest vote. All right, listen. Send your emails to podcast at commsorrow podcast at comedyceller.com and let us know if you were happy or not happy with the... Dan's
3: going to be emailing in. Very no, informative was... episode. Let, me, let it, me know. It was informative. Let me know how you
0: think I did. We Let's have a Ling on. He's here all the time. But, let's have him on again uh, at his leisure when he's,
3: there's something the he's hot on. The next time you have a Supreme Court expert Hot, on. <laughs>
0: hot under the collar. To, well, you know, yeah, I, truthfully, I would not have... I wouldn't have asked... I wouldn't have picked you to do this particular show because... Who would you have picked? I don't know, because the... the um, I don't know if I would pick anyone because no I... No one.
1: He doesn't want anybody else no, on No, I'll tell you guys.
0: why. Because there was something that's like, well, we, let's get the Indian guy on because the Indian guy was on. No,
2: which, that was not
0: why,
1: well, actually. And it wasn't the Periel, Indian
2: guy. Periel and, asked... Uh, Asked Neil what his, Who his favorite comics were Two of them were Indian yeah, I wouldn't, And not only that, done that But we're having An intellectual conversation It was Harvard It, How, I, it, it I was pick, the Harvard thing I had to go thing. with Fucking Crimson I had to go with
0: The, the question the, is The Veritas Was he Was was Alingon interested In this Muller stuff Well it
1: was I'm telling you yeah. It was the Harvard thing That was the cincher here who am the I what? gonna have on with a Harvard. with a Supreme no, Court said, c- cincher, cincher? I
2: don't know what that word Quint, is. He cinched the Quint- situation. I oh, had to cincher, think, I, I had to decide who to have on with this intellect.
1: He said he, he needs somebody he, really smart. I said I need somebody. <laughs> to, to I would have on.
0: <laughs> what? I would have had Will. On. He would have sh- <laughs> why. Because he would have been hilarious, like, if go, like you like a hilarious. You, <laughs> you want <laughs> not, not that you're not, you know, like because the lingon was looking at. Because like, you're not. No, him that's him. not why. <laughs> you can tell jokes. No, that's no, that's not why. Because the lingon was like comedian. You know what I mean? Because the lingon was actually he took off his comedian hat. He was like trying to engage in the in, in right, the, right, the Harvard right. discussion. When Will would have been like just looking for wise cracks You know how Will would have. Been, that's why. Yeah, but you would have shut him down. I know you. Yeah, no. would have, I, I don't um, know. I don't know if I would have had anybody. I I, I would have, I, whatever. I don't anyway. And
2: also, as I said, I'm going to kick my heels. I mean, I just. <laughs> Neil 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 listed comics he likes. Two of them were Indian, I've, and he happens to like a Lingon. He does. That's true. Um and uh, I, I thought so we actually. might, and I know he was excited to be here because he loves the comedy cellar. And I thought we'd have a little comedy discussion. As I said, I didn't want it to be probably more than ten minutes. I had plenty of other topics that were non-comedy related. Uh, like as I said, the. The, uh, the, 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 the There are people talking about this attack that went on in,
0: in Sri Lanka, but you didn't feel it was well,
2: important enough to get
3: to Ukraine. Well, but what did uh, you say
0: about Sri Lanka? Are we against it? Are we for it? No, I mean, because what, what is it, of there, there are issues there. The What's the issue? The,
2: well, the fact that several people tweeted Easter worshipers instead of tweeting Christians. Oh, that's
0: stupid to me. You buy that? That just sounds well, like looking, I th- to, looking to tit for tat with the left on their language
2: No, I think it's very... It's very significant that people didn't say Christians. Why, why, so. why would people avoid the word Christian I don't and think use a word like yet. Easter worshipper, which I've never even heard that expression before, Easter worshipper. So they're virtually making up an expression that nobody uses to avoid using the word Christian. I find that significant, especially right. when after Christchurch the word Islamophobia was all over the place. But I mean, I don't know, in Sri Lanka are there
3: people who celebrate Christian holidays without... Affiliating themselves as Christians. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Does anybody do that? I celebrate Christmas. I'm not a Christian. So, yes. Know.
0: Okay. But, but we know, if, if they said that some people shot up a, a synagogue uh, filled with Passover, uh, Passover service, it would, wouldn't occur to me but, but that the they word, were the avoiding word, Jew. The word anti-Semitism <laughs> would be all over the place. No, I'm saying it wouldn't occur to me. Like, they said synagogue and, their, well, and Passover worship. Okay, like, fair what do enough. Do we think these fair, are?
2: Fair enough. When you combine that with the fact that... that, that People hesitated to 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 use the word
0: Christian and and to use the word Muslim. You, you know, he may, you may be right in the sense and, 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 that people and, people aren't relishing the idea. In hindsight, of, I'm of, glad
3: that Neil is gone for this discussion.
0: <laughs> well, I would. What's
2: uh, the bottom line I would here? like to hear Neil's opinion on that. Anyway, I, I think we've got we we can go. I,
0: I have a some dinner companions right. that have that have shown up and they're waiting for All me. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, podcast at kamisar. Um, hope we didn't offend anybody. Good night, everybody.